Apparently, millennials as a generation, which is a group of people who were born approximately 1984 and after, are tough to manage, and they're accused of being narcissistic, self-interested, unfocused, but entitled is the big one. Hey everyone, so in today's episode, I sit down with our very first guest to talk about things like company culture, crazy interview questions, and rotational programs. But first, let me take a minute to introduce him. He's someone that I feel so lucky to have crossed paths with during my time in grad school, someone I admire both professionally and personally, and am very grateful to call one of my very good friends, Rami Kahaldi. So Rami is 24 years old and works for for one of our nation's largest banks. He's a Philly native, a first-generation American, and a Penn State graduate. His rotational program post-grad ignited his passion for talent management and driving business change and strategy from a human capital standpoint. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and walk away learning something new. No, that was, that was an excellent recap. And if there's anything you? specific like you want, you said you wanted to dive deep into, I'll definitely pretend like I'm an expert in it and talk about it. You are an expert. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so to be like super transparent, when I was first like brainstorming topics and people to interview, you were kind of like immediately the first person came to my mind. And that's probably yes. because during our time in grad school, I know we were in like a handful of classes together and we worked on a bunch of team projects and some of those were presentations and all of that and even the ones that I weren't even I wasn't even a part of I just sat in on the work that you'd present on you were constantly very well spoken on the topics that I hand and I was always impressed with like how simply you articulated them because I know they were super complex theories and complicated uh, concepts so I thought your style would translate very well in this podcast and to the rest of the people listening you're making me blush Jackie <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I yap and yap and yap and don't make any point but no, I'm going to pretend like everyone thinks exactly what you think of me. No, it's true. <laughs> so before we get started getting to all the good stuff about company culture, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be fun to set the stage for everyone by playing setting the record straight. And mm-hmm. the way it works is I'll say a few assumptions and based on your personal and professional experiences, you will say whether you think it's true or if it's false. That Sounds good? good. All right. So just like just true or false, no. You like, could you could elaborate on it. it if you were like okay. kind of in between. You could explain your thought process behind it. But there's four of them, so I will dive right in. I like it. So the first one: when an organizational culture is already established, people must unlearn the old values, assumptions, and behaviors before they can learn the new ones. That's a that's a good one. I'll say false to that one. And the reason I say that is because it sounds very uh, binary if you say like all the current values and all the current morals and and you know foundational elements of an organization have to be pulled back to replace it with something completely new. It may it may have good things about it and then some that aren't so good. Hence, a need for a change in an organizational culture. So that's why it's like you don't have to unlearn everything. You just have to peel back some of it and add some new ways of you know approaching your work and approaching how you conduct yourself in your organization. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. All right, the second one: a company culture dictates how you dress at work. True, because this isn't as much of a policy thing as it is how much emphasis do you put on it? If you have a very lax culture, it'll allow you to dictate for yourself what you think is appropriate for work. One thing that I really like about my company is we have what's called dress for your day. So like if you know you're meeting with high up people, 
you know to dress a little more formal, but if you know you just have a bunch of, you know, busy work, you can just, you know, wear some jeans and a nice polo and go with the flow. Yeah. The place that I work at right now, we're kind of set up the same way. It's it's not weird for people to be wearing jeans every single day. And even if there is someone like a visitor coming in, you know, we'll still dress business casual, but it is mm-hmm. kind of a lax workplace. And like you said, I think a company culture definitely plays a role into how you show up and what you wear like, when you're at work. Yeah, unless you're wearing mom jeans. We're going to talk to those people. Mom jeans? We yeah, we want to make sure you're not going to TJ Maxx in your jeans. <laughs> All right, like, well, I'm a fan of, least, of mom jeans, so I am least, personally, I feel victimized right now. <laughs> mom jeans is a trend. No, and it's, no your, jeans are, oh, your jeans are good, Jackie. <laughs> like, at least, at least Kohl's. Kohl's is nice. Okay, I don't know if Kohl's will still uh, have their lights on, but <laughs> I would have to agree with that. <laughs> Amazon it, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, the third one. Installing beer taps in a company's office will make it a friendlier place to work. False. And four, a good company culture is linked to job satisfaction and job performance. Oh, 100% true. Yep. Okay, so I love hearing how your opinion might differ from like some of mine, but... Um, I think it'd be good to just get into it now. So company culture. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people's gut reaction is to think of like ping pong tables in the office and happy hours. But I think you and I know very well that there's principles behind like the design and deep embedded components of organizational culture from <clears throat> both our studies and our experiences at different internships and different organizations. Um, yep. Even like those assumptions, we might have you know different observations on what we experienced in different cultures. <clears throat> so I think we'll start there if that sounds good. Um, yeah. So what would you say company culture really is? Yeah, and I think it's, it's a fun term to throw around. I think everyone has like their own kind of definition of it. But really to me, it's just the morals of an organization. It's like one of those key foundational elements that goes into like the products and services that you provide for customers. It's about how employees conduct themselves in the workplace. So like you look at how you what morals you have in life, like you want to bring good into the world more than you do bad. You want to treat everyone with respect. It's kind of the same for an organization, but you just use this fancy term of company culture. So like, you know, how, what, what, where do you put emphasis on the kind of things that you want to do in an organization? So I think when you look at startups, they start off very small, obviously, sometimes in garages. And one of the first things you kind of ask yourself when you start an organization is, what are we, why am I doing this? You know, Mm -hmm. it's very, it's very foundational. It's like, what am I looking to do with this? Normally it's, I want to make something that people will really appreciate, something that will be convenient for people. And then you can begin to branch off of, okay, well, how are we going to make this happen? Are we going to emphasize customer service? Are we going to emphasize being empathetic? Are we going to emphasize, you know, developing the people that we have? So to me, the collection of all of those different things I just said is really like the integrity and the backbone of how an organization does what it does. Yeah, absolutely. I think how we do things around here is what I always think about when I think of company culture. Like you said, I think values plays a big role into it. And I know some of the topics that we've talked about in grad school is like the difference between a vision and a company's mission. And I think Mm -hmm. those two things obviously have thought put behind them, but they're not executed on correctly. And that's where you see deviance from a company's mission and vision from their actual company culture. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look at envision mission. I think a lot I feel like it's intertwined, or like you can they're synonymous with one another. I think of vision as like the what, and the mission is like the how. So the vision is kind of like more metaphysical. It's like this is what we want to do. The mission kind of outlines this is how we're going to get to it. You know, that's this is the roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very concisely. But but yeah, mission, vision and values like if they're thought out very well and it's intentional, which a lot of organizations don't do. <laughs> uh, those are the pillars that really set up an organization for, for success in yeah. my experience. Yeah, I would say that. But if they don't have the culture established that lines up with all two of those things, they're not going to mm-hmm. be able to like work towards those successfully. Yeah, for sure. And like <laughs> the beer tap question like it makes me think of like every type of like environment that millennial wants when they graduate like oh yeah how sweet would it be if I could drink beer at work <laughs> for lunch like an extension of college like, yeah, like, yeah that, that works that works for you because you're 21 what about Joe Schmo who's 63 years old and has been here through 13 and a half mergers I don't know what the half is but I just wanted to throw out a number. Yes, yeah. Like it was like a it was a failed merger. It was a failed was. merger, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Old people didn't want the brewery, so became point five instead of one. Yeah, and I think a lot of people too see the shiny <laughs> things and they think, oh, the company culture has to be amazing like I want to work for that company because they have x y and z and mm-hmm. beer taps maybe being something that is definitely attractive to some people who think that the company culture is super relaxed and but I think sometimes organizations fall into the trap of trying to implement a lot of these shiny items mm-hmm. to as a retention and recruiting tool but it only goes so far because it's like we said the everyday behaviors that you engage in and that takes your experience at work yeah yeah, it's it's so true. I remember in class, one of our professors, uh, good old Alba, we was talking about an organization that was trying to take all the all the cool things that Google does on their campus, whether it's like the funky furniture, whether it's like the sleeping pods. Um, pretty sure they have a slide that you can take down to the first floor, game rooms, all that stuff. An yeah. organization invested millions and they threw it into their company in like a huge renovation project, trying and to replicate it, it didn't increase satisfaction it didn't improve attrition rates retention rates and they were like what did we do wrong and point being is they didn't really ask their employees what they wanted they just made the assumption and that I think is like a huge proponent of so many failed attempts at revamping company culture they make assumptions of what the people want and they don't really listen to them yeah and that goes back to something that you can replicate like and copy and paste into another company because and hopefully produce the same amazing results that a lot of these tech companies have been seeing right like if you put if you put a tiger in the middle of a field filled with deer they're going to be ecstatic because they're going to have a chance to eat something that they want if you put a freaking grasshopper in that same field what's that going to do for it that's a great analogy. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a stupid analogy, but it hits at the point that everyone's different. Yeah. And I think organiz- organizations that really care will ask the people that they have, what do you want and how can we enable you to bring your best self to work and bring your best production to work? Absolutely. I know we kind of already touched on it, but I wanted to talk about different company cultures and how they can vary. And I like that you brought up Google because that's actually one of the companies that I want to talk about today. I remember discussing this in one of our classes and it's actually that Google encourages their employees to devote like 20% of their work week to work on side projects that may or may not be part of their traditional role. 
articles have dubbed that as the reason why it remains as one of like the most innovative companies to work for and the most innovative products that have come out of that place emerged from those side projects like Gmail, Google Maps, oh. Twitter, Slack, Groupon. So it's helping. Really? People. Twitter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you to whoever invented them in their free time. Right. It's very smart of them to do that. I think it's also uh, another component of well-being. So what are your thoughts on that and how that's kind of born from one initiative that Google found important to their culture? Yeah, I think it's it's a very interesting and broad topic and it's it gives you the opportunity to do some really good things and to really screw, screw things up and stifle your organization's ability to generate revenue and for employees to be satisfied. I think a lot of times when a leader is looking at company culture and it's not going well for whatever reason, I think you need to you need to be able to quantify it. And we can talk later about like data and analytics and how that as like an emerging technology has changed how everyone does everything. Yeah. Um, I think you have to ask yourself really with an initiative or some type of change, like am I doing this in a transactional manner? Like am I doing this to, to save face or to just say I tried to do this? Or are you doing it because you know you see the result at the end of the, you know, at the end of the road, right. or because you understand and care about what type of impact it will have on the employees. So I think, to me, so many of these questions and topics always circle back to empathy. Like, are you doing this from a very conscientious and meaningful and intentional standpoint? Or are you doing this to roll it out in a very transactional, cliche HR manner, which is, oh, you know, you don't like this? Let me throw out this thing that I put together in two minutes right. and I hope it resolves all your issues. And if not, you know, we'll look at it in the next uh, budget meeting or something, you know? Yeah, I think so intention I, is super important, like you said, because I know a lot of people can easily fall into the trap of, well, you know, like leadership wants us to roll this out, so we have to. And it, you don't yeah. know the context behind the why, what, are what they want to see come of this. You don't know the direction. So you mm-hmm. can't really genuinely try to put together this initiative with the best intentions in mind because you don't know what those intentions are. You don't know what, like you said, those measurable impacts are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you literally, like, every time you think of HR, who do you think of from a show? Toby. Toby. That's exactly it. You think of the guy that comes in and just ruins all the fun and then Michael Scott's like, God damn it, Toby. Get out of here. Leave. We don't like you. We don't care about these things that measure the amount of, I don't even remember what it was, but he was like putting up all these different detectors and Michael's like, can you like just shove them up your ass and get out of here? (laughs) But like, point being, HR has this like, it has this mantra of we're here to just ruin the fun. We're here to put more policies and restrict what you're doing. When really, you know, in the 20 first century, HR is looked at as like a core component of any organization to, to drive strategy. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's indirectly supporting you generate a lot of revenue based on what you're looking to do because business people can be very linear in how they think, but they don't understand the people implications. And at the end of the day, one of the core tenets of company culture is the people. You know, if, the, if, if you don't have good people and if they don't align to your values, everything else falls by the wayside. Yeah, that's why I think so many organizations don't reach the, the success that they aspire to. It's because they don't have their culture right. Mm-hmm. And when you see a really great culture, everything else just follows. Yeah, and you can see it throughout the day. Like, like I think it would be really cool to see, point of view, what is it like to be an employee at Google? Like, from the moment that they walk in to the people that greet them to like the tasks that they do on a day-to-day basis like the 20% that they have to themselves um, some of the cool extracurriculars and then 
do the same thing for someone at a company that has a quote-unquote bad company culture and just lining it up side by side, you would notice that there is so much woven into company culture from the people to the uh, personalities to the effort of work, you know, small things like being, you know, caring about what you're working on when you don't really know what you're doing, like asking questions, all of those little things. And then you can connect it. Like if you take the if you take the very metaphysical concept of like company culture, and then you make it more technical, you begin to see what different HR teams' roles are in you know enabling the company culture to be you know to live and breathe it on a regular basis. Like talent acquisition, these are the people that bring in the pe- the employees into your company. What does what does the employee experience look like in the talent acquisition process? Like from the from like how you post a job, from like what the job description looks like how you assess if they're a cultural fit, and then you can connect it to compensation, like in performance management. Like what are you reinforcing for them to get more pay? You know, what things do you seek out to, again, enable that company culture? And it's just like, you can go on and on, but you look at each team, like talent management, like we're, we're the ones that are trying to develop people. How seriously do we take it? Is it transactional or is it meaningful? Like, are we really building out those plans? So that's how you can begin to dissect company culture and see what everyone's role is, which is really cool. To me, that's like the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, it, there's a relationship between all different facets of it and it, it's all interwoven into it and their strategy behind it. And there should be intention around it, but far too many companies miss the mark. And it's a huge opportunity. I think one of our professors was talking about it. He was talking about like the more frequently companies feel the need to just plaster their values all over the place, the less they actually uphold them yeah. because they're almost like they're trying to like force it down your throat. To say, like, oh, we do this. Oh, we do that. And then once you get past the lobby with the values that you're sitting in the workspace, everyone like sucks. No one's doing their work. <laughs> no one's interacting and collaborating. And it makes sense to me. Like if a company doesn't plaster the values and they just, you know, inhibit it, it internally yeah. and they just live it and breathe it mm-hmm. that's that's really what you want that's like the authenticity that you seek the values being placed everywhere to me that's one of those examples of like a very transactional thing <laughs> the leader that makes that decision is like trying to convince himself or herself that we uphold these five values rather than oh we truly truly believe that these are the people that we have and this is the work that they do on a day-to-day basis right it's those innate behaviors and you shouldn't have to reprimand someone and point to, you know, that does align to that value that's plastered up on that golden wall over there. Mm-hmm. It's super artificial and it makes me really uncomfortable when companies do that yeah. because I know in my past, I've been a company, I won't name names, but they said that they were a very collaborative culture and being there just for a couple of months, I quickly learned that it was not like that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It didn't even have like in the office, like a communal space to like eat or to meet at. It was just everyone at their desks. One of the perks, I guess you could say, was they would order in everyone's lunches every single day. So you get to pick your lunch and they would order it through like a Grubhub or whatever, one of those third parties. But the weird thing is you would go to the kitchen, grab what they ordered and then go sit back at their desk quietly and just like eat it at their desk. And not you wouldn't even have conversations. I'm dead serious. And it made me feel so uncomfortable. I hated eating lunch there because you felt like you couldn't go out for lunch or to leave the office for lunch because... Yeah. They were making everyone eat the food that I they were guess. ordering and you, there wasn't <laughs> even a space to eat it like and have a conversation with someone. You'd be sitting next to the same person all, all day just like 
chowing down on your food and then continuing to work because like what are you going to do at your desk that sounds awful like it to me it sounds like you know there's always like one kid that's just sitting by himself or herself at lunch to me it just sounds like a bunch of those kids with like <laughs> cubicles are in between you guys that's exactly bunch what it of, was bunch of loaders under one ceiling that's really unfortunate especially for lunch like Good companies will like want you to like walk around, you know, walk around the building for a little bit. Just take a take a deep breath, step away from the work, go get lunch, meet with, you know, talk to people. Right. That's how you get. That's how you get to know them. Yeah, and I, I felt like even for the months I was there, I didn't have a chance to do any of that because everyone was kind of sectioned off in their own areas. And it, yeah. not per se, they said, don't leave during lunch. It was just, imbe- like I said, embedded in the culture. They were ordering food. Everyone was ordering from that. They didn't feel the need to go out to go grab lunch. And, yeah. you know, you don't want to be That's, the only person doing that outside right. of the crowd because the culture is to eat the lunch and sit at your desk quietly and continue <laughs> to work. Right. Because if you go, you're looked at as like a weirdo, like, oh, how dare she leave for her break and get food? What, what kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> what an animal. Can you think back to one of the best aspects of a company that you've worked for? How is that culture that helped you to be your best self at work? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so right now I'm in a rotational program and like the whole essence Can of it is Can you explain what that is to everyone? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so like a rotational program divides a certain amount of time over different teams for you to understand what different aspects of HR looks like. So because, you know, we're HR professionals, that's the focus. And it's really trying to create like a foundational understanding of what does HR look like in this company mm-hmm. so that beyond that, you have a proficient understanding of what they all do and what the intertwined connection looks like. That way you're set up, you know, for success to potentially become a leader down the road because you have that diverse experience. So so for me it's really that program in general that I really like because it shows that they understand like sure you have a certain level of academic pedigree by having a bachelor's and a master's, but they really don't have a real world experience. And I think from a developmental standpoint it means a lot to younger people because we do come in with you know high hopes of contributing so much, but we really need to gain that knowledge and the whole structure of that program. Um, the intention is that you develop yourself and that you connect with a lot of people. You meet a lot of different people. You have a lot of different managers. And I think that entire experience shows how much they care about people that you have, especially people that you want to see do well long term so like that development piece is really really important to me um it shows that they invest in me it shows that they think i can bring a certain level of quality of work to the team and so for me from a cultural standpoint it makes me feel like my company cares about not just throwing someone into a position and Mm -hmm. leaving them there forever but this is just a stepping stone we want you to do more and we're going to help you get there i love that yeah and you're on your second rotation right now right Yes. Yeah. So my first one, I won't dive too deep into it, but my first one was like employee relations. So someone was having bad attendance or bad performance management and we needed to, you know, come up with a resolution to fix it. Uh, I would kind of facilitate what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then now HRBP, uh, HR business partner, I'm supporting uh, our consumer distribution team and we're just helping them from an HR lens. How can we help drive your business strategy? So there's a lot that, you know, 
I can get into that, but I don't want to bore everyone. <laughs> no, you're going to be so well seasoned at the end of your rotation. I love that your company offers something like that. I know a lot of bigger organizations for these leadership programs, and I think it's a really great way, like you said, to get real world experience, but it also shows you that the company wants to invest the time for you to experience all these different areas. And mm-hmm. it gives you an opportunity and a chance to live through these different lives and to pick up the stuff that sticks that you really do enjoy doing and maybe learn from the things that you struggled with. It gave me the opportunity to have a lot of very awkward beginnings with people because <laughs> I hate small talk. Oh, and gosh, I I'll be like, oh, hey, Matt, uh, how's the weather? Uh, we're in the same building, so I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my bad. It's the bane of my existence is small talk. Oh, my God. I, I despise small talk. It's like, why can't you just know who I am? Can I, like, put a chip in you so you know everything about me so we don't have to talk about it? Right. But, yeah, like, there's there's a lot that's, like, layered into it. Like, it's the experience. It's the networking that you do. And then it's, like, at the end of the day, it's the understanding of the work. Because you, you can only learn so much in lectures and, like, projects. They help, but it's it's the tangible work that you do in front of you that's really important. Um, and it also helps, for me, it really helps me understand where my interests lie mm-hmm. and where my interests aren't. And when I finished school, I had a rough idea. But, like, literally from has our program... Changed? It has. Like, everyone in our program is like, I want to be a change agent. I want to be a consultant <laughs> at Deloitte. I want to be a consultant at Boston <laughs> Consulting. It's like, cool. Do you know what it looks like to be an, an employee? Like, you know right. What do you even know what they actually have? do? Like, who right. they work with? What, like, 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 I, what the work actually <laughs> looks like? Yeah. You know, like, UNH is a good school, but we have to understand when you hear UNH, people probably think University of New Hampshire, not University of New Haven. <laughs> Not to say that you can't get there, but yeah, so my, where I wanted, I think I wanted to be when I first entered the program is to be exactly that. It was just like a cliche, like, oh yeah, I want to be a consultant because it sounds cool and it's like, oh, big, big company, like that whole ego thing. Now my interest, I think, is the business partner space and then also talent strategy is very interesting to me. Yeah. And that's like a segment within talent management where you really look at like, you look at the higher... Uh, position individuals like a lot of the executives yeah. and you know it's, it's very important to make sure that you have those people in the right spot and then also to predict when there's vacancies to make sure the right people take that take that spot right because it could burn down to the ground real quick if you know someone yeah. at a high leadership level leaves the whole direction of the business could change in that mm-hmm. department but holistically as well mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's very true so then like company culture works into that because it's you know one of the questions you ask outside of you know what's your current performance is what's your potential you know what's what's your future potential and future output capabilities and then you tie that with company culture because it's like okay well what behaviors do we look for and we actually list out behaviors and we organize them into categories and it's things like you know inspiring your team things like being able to influence other individuals being able to build effective relationships and you know you're not quantifying that you know that's not connected to generating revenue but it's beyond that it's beyond the technical skills Mm -hmm. it's you know, do people like you, <laughs> you know, right. if, like if you were a leader, do people want to be led by you? A lot of times the case is no. Right. But, but I think we can have a whole discussion about leadership. Yeah. But leadership I think, is a big topic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
white town strategy, you know, that ties to, to you know the type of company culture. Because if your leaders don't exhibit that, you know, the odds are everyone else in the organization probably doesn't either. Yeah, and it's funny too because I I've been in a lot of different organizations that the company culture might feel different in different departments too under, mm-hmm. under whose leadership, right? Because they might have their own little culture under their leadership where it differs from another department, and then. There's discrepancies in between them, and yeah, it's it's no yeah, It's it's the same for us. Like I was in a, I was like in a strategy meeting, and I was asking my team member, and she was like a, she was like a higher up business partner, and we were talking about different business units and her experiences working with them, and she straight up said like, "Yep, this one, absolute <laughs> mess. I wouldn't even touch them with a six foot pole." This one, I love every single person. I can vouch for all of them. So it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can, you can it really see does how, differ. Especially in large organizations, like company culture will maybe kind of shift and look different as it works its way down in the organization. Good one, good companies will be able to manage that to right. an extent. Bad ones, it, it becomes a tricky process. For sure. I wanted to touch on the leadership program because I know that there are various leadership programs out there that are aside from just HR. I believe there's like business leadership programs. So can you talk about like your experience with finding a leadership program for maybe people that are listening right now? So like large organizations will always have more often than not, they'll have those types of leadership programs. And then large organizations have the capability to have a lot of teams under teams, under departments and, and so on. So like I know for us, we have consumer leadership program, consumer distribution leadership programs. There's like uh, IT leadership programs. Yeah. There is shared services, which is like kind of a fancy term for like processing of everything, anything and everything. And then like, I can't get too granular because it's not my space, but like within IT, there's so many different types of positions that you can hold, whether it's something like software related or like user design related. Right, so it's kind of set up the same way where you would rotate between these different roles and experience what it's like to work within that role and then you shift. I think it's every quarter you shift or is it every six, I think it depends on the rotation program, right? it'll, It'll depend on the program. Like our mutual friend had one where it was eight months Uh, And then he would switch. And then for me, it's every six months. And what's cool, though, is that, like, again, one of, like, the overlaps across all programs is that, one, you're uh, networking with a lot of people. So, like, it's really good because if you're young and you don't really know anyone in the company, you're meeting a lot of different people. Um, You're experiencing different managers. They could be remote. They could be in person. So far, both of my managers don't work out of my building. So I've had to adapt to having a remote manager like what does that look like what's the interaction yeah a lot of those like nuanced little details those are really good learning experiences because if it feels weird and if it feels challenging which all rotational programs will feel it'll only benefit you down the road like the more the more you're comfortable with being uncomfortable um and do they take so with the application process do you know Mm. if they take just emerging graduates or how does that work? Yeah, so for mine specifically, they wanted people with uh, a master's degree or working towards a master's degree, but that's not the case for all of them. All the other programs at my company, you need you just need a bachelor's. And then outside of that, you know, everyone, a lot of people are working towards a bachelor's. It's like, you know, what's differentiating you from everyone else? Kind of comes down to the experience that you have. And I also think personality is so huge. Like you talk about company culture, it's like when you have a phone screen with them, what else are you telling them about yourself with like the excitement in your voice, your interests? Like people can always gauge how interested you really are about something versus, oh, I'm just doing this because I need an internship. It's a requirement for my program. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. 
and and I think they can gauge it by by when you're talking about the work itself. Yeah, and that's when cultural fit comes in too, because a company knows the type of person that they're looking for. You might be a great candidate, but just not be a good cultural fit for the company. Yeah. Like for me, I did research on the company and they have like an annual engagement survey. And I was like, just kind of like throwing out like, oh, I saw that you guys had 94%, you know, employee satisfaction at your company. Like, I think that's great. Why isn't it higher? Like, I would, yeah. I would love to be able to support, you know, that work and continue to drive that. And then look at you with the details. Oh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then it also gets to back to the personality because a lot of times for these, for all of these programs, you'll have some type of like technical interview and then you'll have one that's more personality based mm -hmm. and I think that personality one's almost more important yeah. um, because they'll ask you about like throw education and throw work out the window just tell us about you you know right. just, what do you do uh, outside of work like do you like to travel do you like to play sports um, yeah. Like what hobbies do you have? Yeah. These and things happen. The <laughs> like I know once, yeah. once they know that you can do the technical work and that you're qualified for the job, what comes next is a cultural fit. And that's yeah. like you said, like your interests, your personality, how you think it needs to align with the team, but then the organization at broad too. You know, when I was uh, interviewing for, I think it was a, a leadership program. One of the questions that I got was if, what is your spirit animal and why? <laughs> And that just threw me so off guard. <laughs> what did you <laughs> say? <laughs> Obviously, I was not a cultural fit, but <laughs> uh, I said a crab because um, I'm kind of into astrology <laughs> and I'm a cancer and the can the sign for a cancer is a crab. Is and the I was crab, like, yeah. It dictates a lot of my personality traits. Like I'm definitely strong on the exterior side of things. Like I can hold my ground, but on the mm. inside. You're, you're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you taste good with lemons. <laughs> exactly. I'm we a delicacy. The <laughs> they obviously didn't have a mature palate for me, so. Uh, they must not like seafood. Yeah, that had to be it. But Vegans. Yeah, these, these questions niche. come up, so I, I definitely highly recommend for anyone listening like to prepare yourself, aside from the job description, aside from what you want to be able to do down the road, like really think about your personality, how you work best, your skill sets, and be intentional when you try to find a company that you want to commit yourself to. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. I think anytime you see a posting, I think it's really important to ask yourself, and I think I kind of said this before, but am I doing this just to do this or am I doing this because I read the description I think I would be an excellent fit? And if that's the case, begin asking yourself what differentiates me from everyone else that's applying because if 40 people are applying, you all have, you're all working towards bachelor's degrees, what separates you from them? And I think just having that internal dialogue is, is really, really important. And that goes into a larger conversation of like, what's my brand? I won't get into that because that's a huge topic, but it's really like... <laughs> We're going to definitely need to talk about that in another episode. <laughs> yeah. And that goes into like two of the most common questions on the planet when it comes to interviews, which is what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And do not say your weakness, I care too much because they will, they will throw you out the window. Yeah. Figuratively and potentially <laughs> literally. I don't know. They, if they're strong enough. Because what you do They'll throw for your resume question, out the window. I know this is... Yeah. yeah. What you do for the weakness question is you actually choose a weakness, but then also layer it with what are you doing about it? Yeah. Like, what, are you, well, you know, what are you actually doing to, to improve upon it? But 
but def- definitely the differentiating factors that's a huge part of brand like what are your strengths that people can always count on you for mm-hmm. and for me I've struggled a lot with that but I eventually get to it <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about the idea of how company cultures are changing in this day and age and what that might look like based on our experiences just in our early careers too and our education mm-hmm. yeah so I think companies are beginning to understand the value of understanding what people truly value across all different types of diversity spectrums, whether it's um, people in different age demographics, people in, uh, from different you know, ethnicities and races and uh, religions, all that stuff. And I think they're beginning to incorporate elements that emphasize some of that. Um, so if I'm understanding correctly, your question is like, how is company culture changing kind of like over time? And more so catered to millennials. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that a lot of companies do now is they emphasize community service and it yes. connects to a, a vast range of like different focuses. So like millennials are very attached to a lot of different issues, you know, different controversies that you see in society, different areas of improvement, whether it connects to the environment or it's empowering certain minority groups. Um, putting minorities in leadership positions, that's not thats not really community service, but just like an initiative that's catered to millennials. Um, a lot of millennials come in and, they're, and they want to know, like, what can I do for this company beyond just the work that I do? The community service is like huge for us personally, and it's really good for networking as well. So for me, that's something that's changed a lot. Also, just like different feedback mechanisms. The more you understand the people in your organization, whether it's through more frequent development conversations about your career it's like every company has a year-end review or like an annual review and what we learned in grad school millennials really want consistent feedback I guess we all need reassurance <laughs> even <laughs> in relationships that just needs know, to... someone someone goes to you for two days you're like oh I guess we're breaking up right <laughs> ghosting like, happens in the workplace too <laughs> yeah so so like that element of like consistency is something that organizations have really had to adapt to because they did annual performance reviews as like a formality, right. but now for us, we moved from an annual to like a quarterly conversation. It's oh, like, well, how did how did you do? But like, you're not asking that in December; you're asking it in March. Right, and I feel like and you then, could be a lot more yeah. like reflective on on the work that you did because it gives you time to actually sit down and digest and reflect. Because I think far too many times we get caught up in the madness of okay, well, it's next quarter, next quarter, like, and everything just goes on and on until they. End of the year and it's like I can't even remember what I did and how I felt when I worked on that project like there could have been better ways that I could have approached it it's too late to address those things I feel yeah and like if you're in an organization that doesn't do that I like I just always encourage people and especially people that are going to be graduating soon and applying for jobs like never feel like you shouldn't ask a question about your own development like if you care about it Mm -hmm. a lot of times career development plans like it's phrased as employee driven so like if you don't address it and you don't speak up more often than not it's probably going to be placed on the back burner so if you're wondering how you're doing just you know be honest and ask your manager and like a lot of my friends you know they come to me and they're like yeah i don't really know how i'm doing i'm like afraid that i'm not performing it's like have you had a conversation yeah exactly it's like no i'm like afraid everyone's in their own world if they're not going to step back 
just because, you know, they can't pick up on cues. Just because you're thinking something, they're not going to be able to read your mind and know that you need that feedback. And if that's important to you, to how you work, like you need to be able to have that conversation with whoever your manager is and say like, this is something that's super important to my development and helps me be a better person in this role. And it's something that I want to grow in and how I grow is through feedback. Yeah, exactly. Like you need to, you need to explore it. Like even if you don't know where you want to be it's good to think about like okay well what what experiences should i have to sort of you know to support me and kind of understanding where my interests lie where they don't and for like recent for you know upcoming graduates if you're not in a you know a rotational program not most people aren't a lot of companies have like stretch assignments and if you ask your manager like hey can i shadow this person on this team for like a week or two or however long just to see what it looks like like what's the work that they do what kind yeah. of impact do they have just to see if you know you're interested in it and that could potentially open up a gateway for like yeah, in a year I want to be on that team. Yeah. So like, if it's not there for you uh, in a formal program, you have to just Open go out and get channels. it and, yeah. sh- and show yeah show the company you want it. We're definitely a generation of I would say uh, purpose driven. So like you were talking about, just we care more about what a company pay- places value on, and is mm-hmm. it their people? Is it an external community service organization? So I definitely would agree with all of the things that you're saying right now. Um, those are things that are changing and it's truly like a defining factor of how millennials view their work and another thing is mental health is like a huge issue nowadays it's it's something that's become more prominent like there's more awareness around it and our company has like a hotline where if you're you know struggling with something whether it's work related or not it could be something in your personal life it's like paid for by the company to call and basically have a counselor, you know, walk you through some of those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think when you're doing research on companies, it's really important to see, like, do they provide benefits and perks that accommodate where you are in life? I think that's really important, like whether it's something that you value in the form of like a hotline like this or PTO, you know, that all filters its way into company culture. So I think it's really good to not just look at the job description, but look at what the company is about from a larger perspective. Like, yeah, what do and ask they those questions care too about when you're in an interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Dig deep. Dig deep, people. Yeah.